Uh, I am your host, Immortal Brendel, or Commissar Brendel. Up to you. I am joined by my fabulous um, survival horror enthusiast. Let's start off with Andre. Introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Andre B. Venom, and we're going to be talking about um, the great, you know, Evil Within 1 and 2. But yeah. All right. Petty Eyes. Introduce yourself. Hi, uh, my name is Christina, and I started streaming in April because I was locked in my house because of coronavirus, and I wound up loving it, and I love survival horror, so that's why I was invited. Nice, and Dirty Dom, I mean Dan, introduce yourself. <laughs> God damn it. But anyways, yes, I am Dirty Dan, and I am here to talk about The Evil Within 2 with these lovely people, even though I've only played the first game. Better to get some mm -hmm. info. Noob. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I read off number one. Let's start this off. How do you feel about Evil Within 2? Hey, hey, you forgot game? to introduce me, good sir. Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you did. Yes, no, you I did. You did. I know, I didn't. I was kidding. Renegade, go right. <laughs> All right. Fuck you, by the way. My name is Renegade <laughs> Operative. Uh, I'm looking forward to this podcast of Evil Within 2. Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> As I was saying. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> okay, how do you feel about Evil Within 2 in comparison to the first one? What did it improve in your honest opinion? Uh, anybody could go first. Uh, I guess I'll go first and make it. I'll make it quick. Um, it, Evil Within 2 is a really good sequel. Like, it improved a lot of my issues with the first game, namely the gameplay. And I do really like the game a lot. Like. I do kind of like how it continues the first game's story with, like, how Sebastian's trying to look for his daughter. Um, I did really like the new villain. Well, yeah, we'll get to that later. But, yeah, I really did like the new characters, and I really liked how they, like, improved the gameplay and stealth. It was definitely really good. Um, I do have some mixed feelings on some things, but other than that, it's still a really good sequel, though. I actually like the second one more um i i kind of like the fact that it's equally scary and stressful but it also has kind of a beautiful touching thing of feeling with it maybe that's just me being a woman but like i don't know i i just like the way the second one feels Damn. better yeah the second Sexism. one i played through like four times um, oh <laughs> yeah and as i said earlier the first one just kind of pissed me off and i felt like it was like Skyrim and Silent Hill put together, but not in a good way. <laughs> How about you, Dan? I'll let you go next. Oh, you didn't play the second one yet, did you? No, I haven't. You have to All skip right. to me. Alright. All right. I... Okay, I enjoyed this game, like, very thoroughly. I, I thought Evil Within 2 was good. I, I like some of the surprises that they did with it, considering that um they opened up the game a little bit more so you can explore um it's a lot more i would say substance in each area so it's kind of dangerous too because i you rarely see survival horror games that take on that sort of thematic and i really enjoyed that i also like the fact that they have fixed a lot of the mechanical issues it still bugs in this game from what i saw and my game did crash when i was playing it but i kind of felt like the frame rate was a little bit more iffy in the first one compared to this one so that's a nice touch and also the graphics uh they definitely improved on that as well so i would say overall in terms of like improving enhancing and most of the stuff they did it was really enjoyable with this game 
Mm -hmm. uh, um, I'm actually in the camp of two is a lot better than one as well. But um, there's one thing I actually would agree with Dom, which I wish he was here because he would elaborate better than I would. There's some elements that um, the first game had and the second game doesn't have. Even one particular game gameplay mechanic where you can actually light bodies on fire and lure enemies towards them. And a uh, good way to save ammo without you know, you know, just going ham, shooting them or using stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, overall, I think I do think that two is definitely a much better made game. But um, there's definitely still a lot of technical issues because for some reason the engineering using was trash. So many texture pops, frame rate dips, you name it. Hmm. The problem that, that, was that there. That never happened for me. I, I mean, for me personally, I played it on Xbox and then Windows 10, and both times it was really smooth. Um, also, on the saving ammo thing, I really enjoyed the um, bottles and the crowbars. They helped. Oh, and the axes, too. They really helped. Yeah. I'm glad they kept that over from the first game, because that was yeah. also a thing. But I wish they weren't one shot, because mm -hmm. there's no way an axe would break in one hit. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, um, thank God for brass knuckles. Yeah, I'm trying to but, think. Like for for me, uh, just back on the technical issues, I did like get a game crash. I also saw some of this pop-in stuff going on. Like it's, it's to me personally, I think it handles like enemies out in the distance better than say the Resident Evil remakes where they're like walking and they look stilted. It's just yeah, that like some, 15 frames. Yeah, 15 <laughs> frames. But it's just some of the trees and bushes. If you really look, you can see those issues. It's not a deal breaker, so to speak. But I do it, want them to try a new engine going forward if they do make a third game. Yeah, I agree. Because mm -hmm. um, even like not just the trees and whatnot, not the foliage. It's also the um, like the concrete and whatnot. Those things sometimes can pop up, though. However, though, um, I played since launch day. And I experienced more graphical issues there than I did now. Because I replayed recently. I was playing on Kuma mode. And the graphical issues weren't necessarily an issue now by comparison. So they must have patched it up pretty well over the, um, what, last two, three years? Hmm. Yeah, I noticed that. Mm -hmm. I mean, also, when you say that the people in the um, distance, I, I remember running around first playing The Evil Within 2. And I just remember thinking, wow, this is kind of what an open world Resident Evil would feel like. Because I remember seeing a layman like way off in the distance and I was really impressed. Yeah, uh, that's the thing. Open like, world is, uh, real quick though, open world is kind of a bit of a stretch to be quite honest, because now it's more oh, like open sure. HUD, because yeah. uh, it's more restricted than it really should be. Especially since there is like no chapter select. And once you move up during, um, to the story, you actually get less of that. Like the more you progress, the more linear um, the game becomes. That's well, true. Resident Evil is just so closed in compared to it. It was just refreshing, you know, at any take. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, compared to those games, those games are highly linear. This is, like, semi-open, in my personal opinion. However, that being said, like, I, I would... I could go on a tangent for years talking about how I would like to see an RE game in this format, but I, I think this game, for the first attempt after the first game, it did it really well. Uh, so I would like to see that come back maybe in the future compared to um, because we got to go to the next question. We kind of are answering it, but the stuff they took out of the first game it, it's some stuff that I'm glad they took out. And there's some other things that's like kind of weird. Like I kind of like the enemies better in terms of enemy design because they just look like jizz monsters if i'm being honest in this game i know uh, i say the jizz world a lot <laughs> yeah they, yeah they like, look I, really I, weird even i, I actually make that joke 
with um Dom back when we were playing the game, like, no, this look like a this look like C man. It was like nut on the wall. Sorry, my language. <laughs> I'm like, what is all of this? True. And and then he, he was asking, like, is this actually C man? Like, no, no, no. I was joking. <laughs> I don't know what it is for real, but it does come off as um that though. But same time though, with the whole artistry they got going on, people thought it was paint, you know? But we don't know what it is. It's just oh, very no. weird. Trick milk for a while after playing that game. Trick milk. Oh, God. Yeah, the enemies, um, what do they call them? The haunted or whatever. They just yeah, look like haunted. barbed wire. Like the lost or something. Yeah, they're I the lost in this game. One. Yeah. In the first one, they're called the haunted, and, and they have barbed wire and glass all over their body, and I just thought that looked way better. True. I'm also trying to think of uh, what else. I, I would agree with Brandon, like them taking out the fact that you could burn bodies. It was it was really helpful in the first game if you knocked them over and burned their bodies. And also, they kind of played possum, so you had to do it, and they would get up later if you didn't. And I kind of that kind of gave me um, some Resident Evil remake one flashbacks where you could burn zombies yeah, with the flash. Hit. Oh, yeah. yeah, with the Crimson Hood. Actually, no, uh, sorry to cut you off, though. Let me just read off number two, then, since uh, we're technically on that subject. All right, what are some things that you missed from the first game that isn't in um, the sequel? All right, now continue. Oh, well, uh, what you, um, you were saying about, um, you know, them playing possum. Um, that's why I like the fact that you can, you know, have a knife to see, you know, if they wake up right away. So if you stab them, they don't lunge at you right away. You kind of have a chance to switch to a gun. Oh, yeah, I forgot you can do that. Yeah, I like that. I do that a lot. <laughs> Anyone but, else uh, for this question? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, See, I didn't play the first one so much. So, yeah, somebody else take that. <laughs> um, actually, yeah, there's one thing I really miss is chapter select because sequel doesn't have it. Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah, because if you want to, if you're going for all collectibles, like, or going for 5% like I did, because I got the platinum, right? Um. So if you want to, if you miss one collectible and like I say, chapter 14, you got to start all the way back over unless you had a save right there that you missed that collectible in. Oh. And that was annoying because uh, <laughs> Evil Within 2 is surprisingly a pretty lengthy game, even if you skip everything. I like mm -hmm. how they word the collectibles. They're like, this looks really familiar, but I don't know from where. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the Bethesda uh, stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think for a second. I, I know I have that same problem because in order to get one of the keys, I think I have to go back to chapter four. And because I started on New Game Plus, I'm like at chapter six and I didn't realize that. So I had to go all the way back to that chapter in order to get it. And I feel like maybe if they did do something where the stats were better, it wouldn't be such a problem as well as add in the chapter select because this is really annoying that I have to start the whole game over just to get to that point. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. All right. So I guess sure. we can move on to question number three. I'll read it. So how do you All feel right. about the semi open world approach within this game? Did it add anything unique or do you prefer a more linear approach? We kind of talked uh, about it a little bit, but again, I will yeah. prefer this semi-open world compared to linear because it's something the first game did where it's like, while there is a lot of linear areas, you know, you don't get to explore that much. In this one, I feel like you do. Actually, you know, yeah, from this question on, I'm actually going to be comparing this to the more Resident Evil games, specifically the recent games, the remakes. Mm -hmm. Because even within um, two, I about to say three, was um, <laughs> something that Resident Evil 3 Remake could have been. 
No, even if the whole game was not going to be like this whole less linear like, it'd be nice if certain parts of the game would have been more semi-open as opposed to the whole thing being linear. Because you remember in the original game, um, Resident Evil 3 was more open, almost oh, open-ended. Yeah, and, and there's options too in the original. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. That, that would have been great. But yeah, I, I mean, the open world aspect kind of stressed me out a little bit when I started playing uh, Evil Within 2, just because I was like, oh, there's all these options and I don't know which monsters where. And the fact that there are kind of semi-bosses hiding in different places is really cool. But then, I mean, yeah. when I got used to it, I was obsessed with it. What about you, what about Andre? Andre? Uh, um, what the... Open world. Uh, semi open world yep. game? Yep. Oh, uh, you know, I actually liked it quite a lot. And, you know, I think I said this in the chat, I think, a while back, like the other survival, um, other horror game. But, um, you know, for some reason, it kind of gives me Silent Hill vibes just a little bit with just how the areas are. Because I know in Silent Hill, you explore the town and you have the more so find, like, clues if you want to progress. So it's kind of like that, but it's more like in Silent Hill, you don't really don't do side missions. You kind of more so do Storm Evil within. You just mostly like, you can do like side stuff, to like, you know, get upgrades and stuff like that. But I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I like the whole psych side mission. That was cool. Indeed. Mm -hmm. Now, um, actually, you know what? That's one. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I, I have a question, side question here. Uh, do you guys have any favorite side missions in this game or least favorite? Uh, favorite side mission, huh? Mm. Huh. Honestly, I would say um, Enema. I, I feel like her side missions were actually fun because they were different. Because the stars, so you can't blaze your way through it with your usual um, methods, right? And she catches you with GGs. Yup. Yeah, That's like all you. Exactly. Especially the last one, though. You have to use the reflection on the mirror to um, escape. Oh, yeah, I like that. And um, my f other one, I actually do like, um, I, I forgot his name, the um, the black guy you saved from uh, those hordes of um, lost. Yes, yeah, Sykes. I do like his side mission, though, because he actually has character. Yeah, his is my favorite. And then he gets sucked away into oblivion with a 25% chance of surviving, which is absolutely funny. I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like, psych. Oh, that's why that's his last name. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, though. I'd rather take that chance and be killed by those things. Oh, yeah. Sure. yeah. I mean, at least at least if you do his like little method there, you'll be asleep for a long time. But it would just be sucked into the Squidward thing, just like, alone, the alone. The Squidward thing. <laughs> oh, the Squidward oh um, on the side note, actually, uh, about Psych, if you do not engage in the side quest and you come back to that spot later, once you actually can come back to that location and later in the story, he's gone. So either he actually dies out or he does this thing on, on his own without your help. It's oh, and then you just don't get the boxes later. unlocked. Mm -hmm. I think, oh, I think if you leave him like if you save him and then you play the game normally you don't do a side missions later and then theodore shows up and then everything starts turning on fire and shit i think yeah, he dies you find, yeah no you act you can actually find his body uh somewhere in the area i just forget which part it was oh that i didn't know because i i just went into the locale and didn't find him oh hey speak oh. of the devil I, i'm so sorry oh. About that. oh is this sleepy guy yes yep. yeah. Um, how are you? Bio Devil Sleep, oh, finally. Get those crumbs out of your eyes. Let's get started. 
Yeah. Where are question number three? Yeah, oh, okay, so it's, so it's not that far. Okay. Uh, no, you missed um a actually good question that I um proposed earlier, but I wanted you to elaborate. But um, uh, Dom, let you do it yourself. Because I actually, oh yeah, uh, my name is BioDevil underscore Dom. I'm a really sleepy boy today. Um, I don't even remember what podcast we're doing today. So even within two. Oh okay. Um, yeah, we're. I just need the doc for that. that I posted in podcast. Oh, podcast only. Okay, cool. Thank you. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I think I made that question actually. I kind of envy you because I was really stressed about this. I kind of wish I was like chill about it. Oh me? <laughs> yeah. I was like, did it start yet? How about now? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I I'll uh, okay. I, if you guys don't mind, I, I can answer number three really quick before I answer number four. Sure. Go ahead. Uh, uh, sure. So, so I actually don't mind that. Um, it was one of my favorite aspects about Evil Within Two that everything's kind of like semi-open, um, like like at least in the earlier parts of the game, and then just very certain uh, segments of the game. Um, because actually, believe it or not, uh, the Evil Within One, uh, it was going to be a more open game like you were supposed to like be traveling from like place to place to place and going to these very like desolate like abandoned locations and kind of exploring like what happened in those places and uh running into like at least in that game the haunted and and finding out like like what happened and what is going on in, in each location and whatnot but that had been scrapped for a more linear game in evil within 2 it's sort of been more opened up and that's great because it's like you can now explore and go into like some of the houses and stuff like that. You can't go through every house uh, similar to, similarly to like um, Silent Hill, but uh, but it gives us more options to like find the resources that we need instead of just feeling like, oh, we could just kill every single enemy and, and pretty much stock up on what we need. Um, and also we can discover like unique things that are scattered throughout the world um i do prefer this approach for for a horror game uh but i do not think that every single game needs to uh be like semi-open because uh, it wouldn't be unique anymore yeah it wouldn't be unique and then also too uh as far as like open world games are concerned it's like We've gotten so many of them at this point. I, I really think that we need to start cutting back and do more linear games, which is weird because, mm -hmm. like, I highly praise uh, Ghost of Tsushima. It's, like, one of my favorite open-world games, but I do think, you know, we have to, like, start scaling back down. Uh, I'm going like to play Devil's Advocate real quick. I, I think it's true that we've gotten a lot of open world games where they are pretty much generalized and standardized however that being said we haven't got a lot of open world horror games actually mm -hmm. probably so, yeah i yeah. would like a lot more of those unless you count silent hill down for <laughs> no I, um uh, yeah oh god see i actually and and i don't mean to drag on this question too long but like um what I would like, and this is a bit off topic, but um, like Resident Evil Operation Raccoon City, like that premise of playing as like 
villains within the uh, like Resident Evil franchise. Uh, maybe not necessarily having to be set within Raccoon City, but other like locations that we know of in RE that you know Umbrella could have been involved in, right? I think that would be really cool if you could just plop in with like a, a like a group of four people or maybe even six people and then uh, basically have the goal of just going around searching through like various locations and scavenging for like resources that you all need like health items ammo etc etc and also stacking on top of that not really fulfilled promise of being able to go around like potentially taking out like survivors and key characters for like a what if scenario and also legitimately destroying evidence because that didn't really happen in that game but you get my point so yeah actually um dom i made the note of this is what resident evil 3 remake should have been using this type of archetype with semi-open world stuff while still keeping it somewhat somewhat linear Yeah, yeah 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 um funny thing about that game too is like the concept art for that game they were showing that it was going to be more open and clearly that wasn't the case but uh, that that's a whole another game to discuss on a, another day but definitely one of those games that would have like benefited out of it all right we're all done with number three right yes yep yeah. all, right. all right dom you read number four sleep okay ahead. uh what is your favorite or and and or uh least favorite enemy to fight in this game um so i think my most favorite enemy to like fight in this game probably is just actually the like standard haunted uh, or actually i don't even know if they're called haunted the lost into lost. Sorry? they're called the lost, the lost. Mm-hmm. oh they're called the lost okay yeah because because i remember they were like different things for for different stuff it's the same type uh, of enemy but they got different names yeah uh, so I, I actually really like fighting them because, uh, unlike in the first game, you know, like most of the enemies were just covered in like barbed wire, you know, and then they might have like axes stuck in their heads and, uh, you know, half like ripped off faces and shit like that. And that looked cool. Um, but we actually don't really see a whole lot, at least in horror games, at least of this kind of variety, uh, where the enemies have like a paint motif with it um mm-hmm. you know and i don't know i don't remember if i wrote this down when i was making this doc uh, about like stefano for example like i actually feel like it was a very um underwhelming thing for them to like just kill him off so early because i feel like a lot of the enemies feel uh more in line with kind of his aesthetic as a villain yeah, like he's an yeah, artist, yeah. right? And the whole motif yeah. around Evil then has this like weird coat of paint, right? And but you yeah. kill off the artist so early, you know? Yeah, I loved it, that. I mean, as an artist myself, I really love that. It's yeah. um, appreciate the art, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> like, uh, but like, but yeah, the um, other ones, you're right with the barbed wire and everything. It's a lot like mm-hmm. Resident Evil Revelations to uh, enemies. Well, yeah, and, and that game actually came out before uh, Revelations 2, so it's like, um, but at least in in the case of the first game, that was, that was more of an aesthetic for that game in general, not so much specifically tying to Ruvik himself, although Ruvik himself, like, with the stuff that he was doing within STEM, did use a lot of barbed wire. It was not specifically, like, 
a motif around him specifically per se um mm-hmm. so i so i really like that but that like design and and whatnot for those particular enemies and i like just being able to fight them because like when you plop off one of their arms like paint and blood comes out it's like really cool looking <laughs> yeah um, my probably my least favorite enemy to fight is um is actually the one uh that will chase you around the town and like it, i mean the, the, the boss is yeah, it's, it's, is it uh yeah, it's the one that the fire it's the, it's the ghost lady that will chase you oh Enma. and will keep oh yeah and oh. she will keep you locked in a room or whatever if you like back yourself up into a corner and she could just face through the wall and potentially kill you or uh if she doesn't notice you or doesn't isn't able to find you she will like kind of fuck off after a few minutes yeah, um, because her stuff is side quests though, but you can't actually run into her in the open world, which is pretty cool, but also inconvenient and terrifying because I, I'm not ready to <laughs> gauge with her because you can't even kill her for starters. Although the yep. unlock for that shit is really cool when you do all of them because um, you get a little like Easter egg basically for the first. Oh, uh, we discussed that. Oh, yeah, we shit. did. Okay, yeah. She's a really good singer, at least. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I guess I'll make mine like really quick. So the personal favorite enemy that I like fighting is the one that's kind of like O'Neill, the mini O'Neills with the flamethrowers. Yeah, the harbingers. Yeah. They're they're cool. I, I like how they just scream stuff out if they're burning stuff. It's kind of funny. Uh, the enemies I don't like fighting is the uh, hysterics, I believe. It's the woman in white with the knife in her hands. Fuck that enemy entirely on classic mode because I don't like how much damage they take if they hit you. It's really stupid. And they run and they're fast. And the axe just makes them mad. Yeah, if you try to stealth kill them, they will not feel it and turn around and say, What the fuck you doing? I'm coming after you. You have to do it twice in order to kill them with stealth kill. I hate that. They sound like they're from the grudge with that like uh, Yeah, the the uh, one that the one that scream, I think are the is that an enemy. Yeah, that's the hysterics. I I don't like those characters at all. So my least favorite is Harpinger, actually. I hate him. Really? Yeah. He really stresses me out. They're easier to deal with, but they have flamethrowers, so (laughs) that just speaks for itself. And that like weird panting sound that they make when they're running around. Those also give you a cool unlock, though. So. Oh yeah, you get um if you get yeah. the two tanks, you get the really cool flamethrower, right? Yep. Yeah, you got you got to kill all three of them in open world to um get uh, the parts. Yeah. The first yeah. one is mandatory, I think, and then the other. No, there's. Up. I'm pretty oh, sure there's, there's the three in the open world. You know, yeah, technically oh, yeah, four. Yeah, 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 because there's yeah. the um. I'm the thinking of the one that's mandatory. There, there's one that yeah. is mandatory because. Oh, O'Neill, I think he's on. Yeah, yeah, that's O'Neill. One's one's one is scripted, and you have to fight like. Three others or two others. Yep. Yeah. Mhm. Yep. That's a flaming post plus, which is annoying. But uh, what I did was I basically just sniped them out, and I got the gas tank. Yeah, sniper's good for him. Yep. I'm gonna go next, and um, my favorite and technically sort of least favorite as well is honestly the mini bosses like the harbinger and those chicks with the chainsaw arms. Well, it is exciting and also scary to deal with them. It's also inconvenience where you have low in ammo and try to do some try to do something with the story. Then you have this chick that just comes out of nowhere, literally jump from the sky or form from the dead corpses and start chasing you around. 
which I do like the little nod there because that's why the bodies keep getting piled up so that way those girls can spawn. Hmm. Are we on the next? We're on the next one about the bosses, right? Not yet. Oh, I didn't oh go, okay. Actually. Okay. Right. Wasn't sure. But um, at least I agree with Renegade. You know, those girls were the nice man. Fuck those things, dude. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. It takes so they take so much um damage and they deliver so much damage as well, along with those weird dog things that could bite your head off if um you're not careful enough. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about the dogs that spawn in the cutscene like early in the game. I oh, yeah, really the spider dogs. Yeah, the spider dogs. You what I well apparently they're stupid because on classic mode when I saw them I just went into the grass and they couldn't see me. But if they spot you then you're gonna have a hard time getting away from them because they are so freaking fast. Oh maybe they're like a licker but backwards. They're deaf instead of blind. It reminds me of that cartoon cat dog where it's like there. the cat at the ass end of the dog and they're fused <laughs> together. Yeah, cat dog. Cat yeah. Dog. There's like a really convoluted way to just avoid them when you're uh, like leaving the gas station. But you have to take like this stupidly ridiculous like long way around. It's um... And it's like you don't even have to necessarily hide in the grass. It's just more so like you're just taking a really long like path around that like gas station that you like go into mm -hmm. and uh, after a certain point like their like detection just kind of cuts off because you know they're just unable to see you or aggro at that range actually it's funny if you prep during that mission and you push a yellow crate as soon as stefano spawns them you can climb up the crate and immediately get out that's how oh, i ran away from them <laughs> that's how i got away from them in classic mode mm. Try that. I just shot him. <laughs> I just shot there him. You go. <laughs> I know, I kind of just go blasting when in this game. I get so angry. Yep. I have no patience to hide. Mm. Yeah. Moving on to the right, next so, um, one. Oh, wait. Yeah. Uh, Andre, you go, right? Oh. Go ahead. Go ahead, sir. Andre? Going once, okay. going. Is he dead? I think we lost him. Oh, okay, there we go. He's alive. Oh, okay, I'm here. Uh, uh these enemies I like the most. I actually do like fighting the Harbingers. They're, like, they're annoying to fight, but I think when you fight them enough times, you get used to it. But the enemy I like, um, like the least, it's pretty much, um, Dom and, um, no, Brandon and Ren's answer. I, his circles are really fucking annoying. <laughs> They suck, dude. Yeah. And and the worst part about them is the ones that you have to face while getting more ammo because the game is like, fuck you, they're right here. So <laughs> you have to either run by them or like try to kite them in a way where you jump off the banister, climb up the ladder, get back up there. It's, it's so annoying, in my opinion. Isn't there one you have to fight in one section where you have to go through like a, with a gas mask on? Oh, yeah. Uh, let me yep. no I, I think that's another enemy where it's There's some, like, like the tall witches in there some yeah. tall witch with like gas all over her that's not the hysteric the hysteric is the one where it's a lady in white and she has a knife i know who you're referring to because if she screams she will alert all the enemies that are yep. quote unquote sleeping oh there. the yep. lament yep Lame. yeah the lame asses so <laughs> i like that <laughs> At least you can, like, sort of get behind her and do a stealth kill. She'll die, like, instantly. So they're not really a problem if you know how to deal with them. I like that gas mask part. I 
forgot about that. Oh, yeah. That's the first part where they put it in, like, first person. And I thought that was weird for a second. I'm like, yep. wait, what? What's going on? And then all of a sudden, it's kind of it's kind of creepy. So I wish it was, like, just one more section like that in the game. Uh, so, actually, you can play the whole game like that now. Uh, yep, due to the patch. Yeah, because the patch allows you to link a Bethesda account, I think. And then you can just enable, like, certain modes. Oh, I, what if I didn't suffer from Q conflict? I have this thing where first-person games make me very ill. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Overwatch makes me want to throw up after 20 minutes. I wouldn't recommend it then, because it, <laughs> yeah. it kind of gets a little wobbly, you know, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I guess we can move on to the next one about the bosses. Yep. Let me I'll read. that. Mm -hmm. Oh, go ahead. Um, so the boss that I hate that makes me really stressed is the one that's in the room with the keepers after you kill them. That one, Laura, I think she's from the first one, the spider lady. Yeah. That makes me so oh, mad yeah. because I, I die like five times in a row. I'm always so close to burning her and then she gets me. Yeah, she likes smacking you in the head multiple times. Yeah, I just, I can't, I she's that. so fast and she teleports and I just can't stand her. Um, but my favorite boss is actually the watcher. I think he's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Watcher. Yeah, he just zooms right in with his big face. Man, no, I want to go next. My favorite boss fight? Mm, I don't necessarily have a favorite because I find most of them not as compelling as they should be. But I got to go with Stefano because he's just a compelling character in general. He's difficult. Like, his motif is kind of original for most, uh, like, games after he's an artist that used body horror as a way to well kill his victims yeah obscura is cool too Indeed. yeah oh yeah i really like obscura uh i'll go next uh right. so as far as like my like probably one of my favorites at least is the obscura boss fight because i know you guys just mentioned that like uh mostly because like aesthetically speaking it's like really cool you have like this fucking thing that's on like um like what three or four legs and then it's got like this big ass old like camera that can like swivel around and like zoom in on you and you have to like shoot that specifically to uh, get away from it um so i thought that was kind of unique in terms of a gimmick um but I think the one that I disliked the most uh, actually was Myra, uh, which is the final boss. Um, mm -hmm. I just, I don't know, I just kind of felt like it was very meh. Like, yeah. the, and like, the story behind it is very, like, sad and, you know, like, really depressing and whatnot, but I was not a huge fan of the fight itself. Like, I just felt like it was... Um, uh, a little, maybe a little bit more anticlimactic. Yeah, I don't. If I were to interject, like I don't like that boss either because it's your carbon copy. Uh, she spawns enemies, shoot the sags, uh, and then you get kind of confused after a while. Then she regenerates. It's like a rinse and repeat sort of thing. So that's why I really don't like that boss fight that much. I would say she's also my least favorite in terms of bosses. So in terms of, uh, just really quick, if you don't mind me interjecting, like, mm -hmm. between Myra and, um, technically Leslie at the very end of the game, 
a bit of a spoiler alert if anybody hasn't played the first game because uh, more or less Rubik and Leslie had swapped minds and you actually killed Leslie at the end of the first game and not Rubik. Uh, which mm-hmm. which final boss fight do you think is better or worse between the two? Uh, at least, well, Rubik's, well, Leslie, so to speak, uh, but at least Leslie's boss fight is so batshit insane because yeah. there's that part where you get <laughs> yeah, impaled yeah. at the end and you have the RPG and I like that a lot. So at least they have a lot going on. This one is just... It, for the second one, it's kind of boring. I'm not going to lie. Like, once again, just a bunch of enemies spawn. It kind of reminds me of a big RE5-style fight, but it doesn't have the finesse of a Resident Evil 5 boss. It's just... You're just shooting the thing to death until something finally happens. Changes, yeah. monster. That's true. Yep. Actually, if I could just interject really quick, I just want to add something about Obscura. I, sure. I, I'm not going to get super graphic or anything, but like <laughs> I really would love to see when the like whatever woman does the voice acting for her is actually recording it. Like how awkward that is. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's like really sexual. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, she's uh, like moaning. Yeah, yeah. Like, her boss is just, like moaning for whatever. Yeah, and, like all the all the comments on her boss fight on YouTube are like, I don't know if I want to have sex with her or kill her. Yeah, I didn't know. Okay then. <laughs> okay yeah. then. That's... Well, I wasn't <laughs> expecting that, but you know, yeah. I'm privy to you know, whatever. I mean, you, you'll learn that. It, that's, you know, that's me. I, honestly, you know, it didn't sound like she was moaning to me though. So either I'm Definitely. just no, it, it was moaning. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I'm like, um, Stefano, what have you been doing to this woman? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Oh, well, there's that okay. little sound clip of him making her. Remember, she's like screaming in agony. So it was definitely after the fact. Oh, that's right. Uh, she cut the tongue. I mean, he yeah. cut the tongue off. Oh, God, that was that was horrible, man. Like, that man's horrible. Yeah. Um, he looks like Pete Wentz, kind of. Actually, you know what? I, I just remembered this thing, too. Like, uh, as far as like that boss fight is concerned, it is also kind of like one of the bosses from the first game's DLC, the uh, the light woman. Oh, um, the oh the DLC with the yeah spotlight. the light on it. Yeah, cause yeah, the, yeah. The woman that chases you around with like the spotlight head or whatever, and you gotta like shoot that in order to disorientate her as well. Um, I forgot about that. Which, if I'm not mistaken, the director of the DLCs was actually like the main like I don't know if he was the lead or the producer. He's. For two, but... I think he's the director of two. John. Yeah. Jones. Like, Yes, it was something like that where like he he was working on too as like one of the heads. So, mm-hmm. what was that thing's name? Oh, Shade. That's right. Uh, with the light head. I'm trying to think. Yeah, uh, best boss. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Ren, to cut you off real quick though. Mm-hmm. But actually, I have on remission. Um, I like Theodore's boss fights because they're throwbacks from the first game. Oh, yeah, when you fight all the... Oh, the disciples? Yes. Yeah, the disciples, quote-unquote. Yeah, that's that's pretty much my favorite boss because it's, once again, very reminiscent of the first game with Laura, the Keeper, everything in between. It's very cool. I love it. It's like a big old flashback, a big old callback. Oh, I I can't wait till we get into, like, um, question six and because I feel like those kind of go hand in hand. Let me see. Let me go back to the document, actually. Oh, I see. Well, if anyone has uh, already gone for this question, we could just move on to six. 
Yeah, who wanna read off number six? I'll do it. Go right ahead. Okay. Name some things that you disliked in the sequel. Hmm. Oh, okay, I'm gonna let you wanna go first in this one, because this is actually more a recent thing. Um, after playing the like Resident Evil remake games, um, the the feel around it would then feels a lot more stealth than I remember it was. On top of that, the FOV is honestly really bad. It's too close to Sebastian. Yo, I I would say those are my two big gripes. Like the camera feels like way too close. I know on PC you could probably like resolve this problem easy, but on consoles I have this on PS4 you can't. And the patch did not do anything to service that, so it's really close to Sebastian. And the second thing, like Brandon said, is the movement. It just feels like his run speed, his normal run speed without the sprint, is kind of trash. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like I'm, I'm trying to run and regain my stamina. I can't run or anything after the fact. It's like I'm just slow walking. So I really Actually, don't like that notion. I actually dislike the stamina meter a lot, actually, because it's came uh, like a trope or a trend lately for a lot of games to have a stamina meter. I, I wish it was not a thing even in the first game because I feel like that is more like an artificial way to slow you down than anything. Yeah, yeah. I also feel like yeah. when you fully upgrade him or like half upgrade him in, in the stealth department, that's how it should have been in the beginning. Exactly. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, um... So actually with the FOV thing too, it's interesting because both RE2 and 3 remakes included FOV sliders on the console version. Uh, even mm-hmm. Devil May Cry 5 has a fucking FOV yeah. slider, which is like oh, yeah, on console no less, which is like, you know, not very common as far as I'm aware. Um, so like, if we were to see the Evil Within 3, that would be nice because like, I think even Evil Within 1 has that same problem where the FOV is just way too close, especially for aiming in particular. It's like, yeah, we don't really need to be that close. Like, just make a make a good enough crosshair. Um, as far as like the stamina meter and uh, like the running stuff goes, like, I'm kind of 50 50 on it. Like, I could do with or without it i've learned to kind of adapt based on that um so it, it makes no difference to me uh but some of the things that i actually dislike about this game um is like we uh we lo- we lost a couple of things from like the first game like being able to like torch bodies with like uh the matches like and i know you you could say well it it may, might not have been as used as often, but it's like, well, that's another resource that's just gone. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, oh, yeah, and then and we'll kind of get more into this in question seven, but, like, some of the story, especially for, like, the side stuff, is very inconsistent and never really touched upon or explained. And... It would have been nice to have seen a D- like DLC for this stuff, but we never got like anything as far as like post game content is concerned for two. Yeah, I would have loved that. And yeah, I think like as far as like explaining the plot holes in the main game with DLC would have been nice because like you know again there's there's issues with it. Uh, also, to um, more so just in in general, uh, the first game was like really much like if you if you really paid attention to like all the like notes and like parts of the environments and stuff like that like uh the the cult from the first game that they kind of introduce 
that was like a big deal because like like with some of the notes they were talking about how there was like a um there was a murderer a serial killer going around and they weren't really sure who it was um and it was speculated it could be like this cult it could have been ruvik it could have just been a group of people it was very much unclear as to like who was like killing a bunch of people by uh the elk river in in the evil within like universe um and you know even though we kind of delve into uh into a cult in in the second game it's not i i can't necessarily say it's the same cult they have similar symbols but it might be just a subsect of the same cult uh so to speak oh maybe so uh it's there's like some inconsistencies with that and i would have really liked to have had some of the questions that were also left open-ended uh from the first game even if they were like very small details like like that where they don't really add much to the story per se but it's like it would have been cool to see that stuff followed up upon and then um maybe also have some things from the first game that weren't necessarily answered or were kind of very unclear as to what happened with that be answered in the second game to some degree yeah, I agree. Anyone else on this question? Uh, I'm sorry, what question are we on? I, I had to step out for a second. Six. Six. Six? Well, oh, okay. I didn't ask about the questions then. Um, so. I should have forgot one. I think I didn't do five, actually. Go ahead, Andre. Uh, but I'll go quick. Um, favorite boss is probably... Yeah, I'd say Father Theodore is easily and worst. Least favorite was. I want to say the last boss, but mostly just about underwhelming it felt, you know, compared to what you fought in the game. But that's just my feeling on it. But yeah. Yeah. And what was your answer for number six? Uh, things I disliked in the sequel. Um, I guess what Dom said without the story, like they don't really. I guess they don't address some things from the first game, and I guess maybe the stamina. Yeah, I, thought, I really can't find much I dislike from two, honestly. Here's the I thing about maybe... the stamina. It gets worse when you play it on harder modes. Believe me, it is trash with no upgrades. I'm telling you, dude, it's awful. <laughs> yeah, I know it really is. <laughs> I might actually play the game on the, the Kuma difficulty then. <laughs> you really have to sort of do that thing where you deplete the meter halfway and then start like sort of slow walking and then do it again because if something's chasing you, like they are on your ass like white on rice. Yeah, it's, all, it's a lot about hiding. Mm -hmm. Are you? I'm sorry, what was it? Uh, we were talking about the stamina meter on uh, classic mode. No, okay, though, no, but I guess I had a question actually. So, those of you that actually played the game on Nightmare or above, how do you guys feel about the game's difficulty? Assuming uh, if you beat you know, the harder difficulties. No, I, I did not. I tried, but no. It's. <laughs> is grueling when you have to get supplies in classic mode from what i noticed because there's a lot of from here's my strategy right i i don't fuck with any of the side content unless it's for a weapon i try not to spawn the ghosts uh optimal strategy is to uh mostly run away from most encounters and try to prepare which is why i had that strategy in the parking lot where you had to push the yellow crate 
uh, most you want to do is spawn the enemies bait them around and try to jump over stuff and the ladder is your best friend because for some reason the loss they're so blind if you get on the ladder it's kind of funny seeing them run around like headless chickens so yeah. it's yeah. It, it's hilarious on classic mode and you can do a lot of strategies but head-on encounters will most likely get you killed and the boss fights are trial and error even if they want you to save like seven times within the whole game and that starts to get really annoying after a while because like i said i had one instance where my game crashed i had another where Ascura killed me and took a picture you know a selfie of my face before she stabbed me that was nice <laughs> and, and, and just a bunch of other shit that happened to me so it's it's grueling it's challenging but i, I kind of like it just don't get too inconvenienced and feel like you're gonna quit or whatever you have to push through I feel like a champion right now doing Nightmare on my first go. Yeah, you are a champion. I think I did it too. It was, uh... You... They had the upgrade tree, so I, I will say that did help me out a lot. But it is... If you don't know what you're doing the first time, you're going to get stomped. But I'm guessing you didn't play on Kuma mode or nobody else has. Because um, that's, um, a, that's a net exclusive difficulty mode, and I've been playing through it recently. How you like it so far? Uh, One hit kills. Uh, it's even more than one again. Yep. <laughs> but at least you have an upgrade tree. Oh, yes. Imagine if they had a Kumu Classic. I would literally shoot myself. Amen. Oh, uh, you know somebody would be ballsy enough to do it, though. Yes, they would. I'd love to see it yep. streamed, but I would just rage quit. But people love seeing me do that, so. Oh, no. <laughs> Maybe I'll try. <laughs> Don't beat the one <laughs> I, I won't Not blame her because no upgrades and limited saves and one hit kills on you that no is way. the definition oh, of no. cancer dude I wouldn't do that to myself yeah sure well, as long as they give you that nice Duran Duran song after you win then it'll be all good right oh yeah the, the, the ending song I remember <laughs> <laughs> actually you know what that, the, yeah. the trailer for this game the trailer for the evil within 2 deserves an award all on its own for oh, real, I they, love they did that a remix it's of Ordinary World. <laughs> it's so good. I was like, man, I, I think that reaction is on our channel. I was so excited when I saw that because I was expecting I it, but man, it was good. It was yeah, touching. I, I think I pre-ordered it like around the same time that it was like announced because I was like so fucking hyped. Like, it made it me feel the really same good. feelings as, wait, which trailer was it where they show the slow motion zombies killing the family? Oh, uh, Dead Island. Dead Island? Oh my god. Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Way better than the game. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, was that catty? Uh, no. I just think that's funny. <laughs> and Dead Island 2 is never coming out, but that's another story entirely. That's fine. Uh, dead who? Dead oh yeah, who? it is dead. Dead what? <laughs> dead Island. It's dead. Uh... So, I can read off number seven if nobody's talked about that yet. Go ahead, sir. Everybody's uh, done with number six. Uh, so, how did you feel? Before I, like, burp into my mic. <laughs> how did you feel about the story and characteriz characterization this time around? Um, so, like, just the general story, uh, like, my kind of nitpicking of, like, the like lack of, like, some of the smaller details that... They didn't really try to address or answer uh, from the first game uh, in the second game. 
Um, for the most part, I thought they were okay. Uh, I I was actually surprised by like Sebastian. I didn't think I would like him as much as I did, and I think I almost prefer him over his uh, iteration from one. Amen uh, to that. He wasn't bad in the first game, but they gave him a lot more maternal instinct in his character, yeah. which plays out mm-hmm. quite well. Um, and then like Kidman was really cool in this game too. Uh, I guess my like for story, like my biggest like gripe, and you kind of have to do I think the side quest in order to, or you have to do like some side stuff in order to figure this this thing out. Oh, I know you're exactly uh, going to bring up. You need the yeah. picture slides. You need all ten yeah. of them. Yeah, so you need all ten picture slides in order to find out um, that a certain someone is still alive. Oh uh, yes. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. Joseph is still alive. Uh, my boy. And, you know, they say, "Oh yeah, Joseph is alive." I'm and like, then "What?" Just leave it at that. Yeah, they just they're just gonna yeah, drop man, that on you, and then just gonna leave it at that. They're like, "Oh, we'll we'll talk about him later." Like, and yeah, they I'll never bring it up. No, I was kind of mad about that. In um, yeah. the end part, like remember yeah, when she do does the, the whole shootout? Yeah. yeah. Like exactly. I would, that would have been so cool if like Joseph came in to, like help out too and whatnot. Like, but it doesn't happen, so it's like unfortunately. Um, yeah, so um, I really didn't like that they did that. Um, also, I, and I know we talked about this a little bit, but like I didn't like that they killed off Stefano so early. I felt like what should have happened is that he would have like went away, and because he's an artist, right, he would think, okay, well, you know, I have to, you know, my art is never good enough. I need to like keep getting better, right? Like that—that's the constant plight of like any like. They miss thing, right. They actually missed an opportunity for him to see all the arson that was going on, because you know, yeah. it just you know, because um, sometimes you know, a low fire environment can be like beautiful to the beholder. So mm-hmm. imagine Stefano saw that though he probably have been obsessed with that type of environment to take pictures of people burning to death, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or the yeah, yeah, or the icy, awesome. um, icy semen looking um landscape <laughs> as well. Oh no. Yeah, and I think um, hmm. well, and and that too, like because like the loss they have at least in the first half of the game they have like that um painted aesthetic right like that would have been interesting to see them come back and then instead of having like more of like a white paint aesthetic they have like more like uh charred or like ashy type of like paint well do you remember when you're in that room with all of the lost but they're frozen and you can walk around and like kill like you know bash them if you want or just like kind of look at them it kind of like that yeah like that yeah um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think what else. Uh, oh yeah, there's also like one other thing about the story. Uh, I I really enjoyed the side characters. Uh, I thought they were really cool. I didn't like that some of them died. Mm. Um, rest, man, like, she died. Like the awesome like piece. the coolest characters like ended up dying, and it was just like why like no. <laughs> and then like um yeah like you know Torres. we have some we have some <laughs> characters where they um you know like like you help them out and and you know they didn't they weren't necessarily against us but they were with us either they were kind of just looking out for themselves but they were willing to get help from us and um you know we helped them out and then we never hear from them again and they're 
could have been some potential with like DLC as far as like these characters, you know, like uh Evil Evil Thin One, uh two of the DLCs focus on Kidman. Uh the last one focuses on a random character explaining how the like keeper, at least in uh that world came to be. Uh or that stem came to be. Um but in this game, like, you know, we could have found out like, hey, did this character survive? Is like why did this character go back after, you know, like like Kidman, why does she go back and say that she still has stuff to do? Like, is she talking about Joseph? Yeah. Like, I mean, granted, like, it would make more sense for, or I, I wouldn't say necessarily more sense, but it would make sense if, like, Sebastian went out and tried to go look for Joseph, because that's his, like, partner. But um, as far as, like, notes are concerned for, like, uh, Joseph in the first game, like, they imply that he kind of has a thing for Kidman, and maybe Kidman might also have a thing for him, so that it could also like make that. sense as to, you know, for her to yeah. want to be like, okay, I'm going to go fucking save him, because, you know, right? Um, well, also, I mean, it makes the player feel really sad when these people die, so if that's what they wanted, it's successful, because they're actually kind of really bummed about your daughter, and yeah. they want to help you. They're like, oh, well, I helped, but, like, I had no idea it had to do with your kid. Or, like, I did help, and now I regret it. So then when they die, you're like, oh, shit, they kind of reconcile them in a way. I think, yeah, way. yeah. I yeah, think you feel uh, this the most with Torres because, uh, I swear, isn't she the one who kidnapped Sebastian's daughter? Yeah, she she's the yeah, one that she mentioned that have... she, she did oh. it. Um, she's a badass she too in that like she really regretted doing that because of like what it did to sebastian as a person and, yeah mm -hmm. um also just she, the fact that like like uh, oh go ahead i'm sorry um but she definitely made her do so because now she was shot in, in the stomach by sebastian and she carried his ass from thick and um high water and all that shit you know mm -hmm. so she definitely mm -hmm. did her do so but shame that she died um so yeah so there's like a bunch of that stuff that's really cool and then also like the ending to to two like and i know we'll kind of talk about this a little bit more later but like um they leave you off on a cliffhanger and it's like it's such a good cliffhanger but then it's like well, well it's like silent hill more. too like <laughs> like when you just walk <laughs> off into the fog you know like when you get that ending in silent hill too oh, yeah, like, that. <laughs> like bye okay that, yeah, <laughs> yeah so um so there's like definitely like those like side characters and like all this other stuff aside from the main game and like the main objective of the game uh, that I thought was really good. Um, characterization, you know, again, like, and I don't mean to go on for too long, but it was really good. Like, I think all the characters, for the most part, given what they had, like, did a really great job. Like, um, and I think probably consistently you'll hear like people say that Stefano was like the best antagonist. Uh, but I don't think theater was bad either. I just think that, like, I th think they should have maybe swapped the two around in terms of, like, who we were really, like, going to kill. Theodore was definitely more thought-provoking because, you know, he's definitely a talker, not more so than a fighter because the reason why he's a cult leader because, you know, he can persuade people. Mm -hmm. So that's what I appreciate about him, though. But, um, so, wait, hold on, Andre. Um, What's his name again? Sorry, Stefano's actions were more... Um, in your face, it felt more compelling than what Theodore's actions did, despite him being you no know, a compelling villain from a focal point. 
Yeah, I agree. Theodore is more... He was more preyed more on um, Sebastian's... Um, he was more psychological, if that makes any sense, because he's usually, like, he's mostly preying on Sebastian's past and his trauma, you know, like, you know, losing his daughter and his experiences at Beacon Mental Hospital, so, yeah. So with him, it's a bit more personal, I want to say. It, feel, it feels like a dual game, in a sense, with the antagonist. It's like, uh, Stefano's, like, up in your face, close to personal. He's, he's a murderer. He does it all for the art. And then Theodore is like, he doesn't really want to kill Sebastian at first. He kind of wants him to be part of the cult. And then it's like, you know, Sebastian's like, screw you. And that's when they start, like, really being antagonistic towards each other. So... It, it, it really feels like two different and I also like how the environment changes as well once you get to Theodore because like everything's on fire and shit yeah but I guess we can move on to the next one which is yeah who wants to number read eight? off number eight. eight yeah unless if somebody else wanted to read off number seven I know I was going on a big old tangent so. I guess I can take this one go ahead Andre uh, all right Alright, number eight. It is Bethesda decides to revisit this franchise after Ghostwire Tokyo. In which direction should they personally go in? Um, you know, it's kind of interesting because I guess maybe they can add, um, Kidman can come back. Maybe they can introduce a new character, I guess. Like, you know, they have, like, no relationship to, you know, Kidman, Sebastian, Joseph. They kind of more so their own person and It'd be kind of interesting if, like, the third game was more, like... Honestly, it was, like, more heavy on the detective stuff, but... Because I had this, like, idea for, like, you know, an RE game where... I guess the main character is, like, a detective, and he's just searching, you know, for the serial killer, something like that, and... It kind of deals, like, the same psychological horrors. It's just without other character, you know? I feel like that answer is good, but I also want them to clear up and remedy all the lingering plot threads that this game created because I feel that's kind of old to the fans at this rate. Yeah, I agree. What I want from 3 is actually proper closure because we got closure with Lily being safe now, but we didn't have closure for what happened in the first game. So let's take um like you know, what happened to Joseph. Yeah. Was... What happened to Rovik? What happened to the other um threats? from that game and then let's go to the sequel what's up with um that base still being someone active because you see the thing in the asset credits that it's turned back on somehow yep so i think the next game should have like both kitman and um and sebastian maybe as playable characters together and have joseph come back in though to give proper closure to that to their like circle yeah that would be great yeah, yeah. the only uh, thing yeah, is um, i'm unsure if Sebastian will come back because it seems like at the end of this game they're kind of alluding to the fact that his story is done but again it is something involving Joseph so you would figure why not go help you know yeah, I know you got your daughter back I, but he, he, yeah, he, that's what here, like, he like, needs to come back for, yeah. for that reason well that's why at the end with, with you know Kidman's whole shootout thing I kept getting excited I'm like they need to bring up Joseph here and they just yep. didn't <laughs> It was cool though. Cool sequence of killing all those agents. I loved it. Yeah. I um I think like as far as like coming coming off of like two and if they were to revisit uh, this franchise because like um we don't know if it's ever gonna come back because uh, I think two actually sold less than the first game. 
which is a uh, real shame because like to get context to that actually um Bethesda was stupid um by not giving out review copies for the certain amount of games they had in that year in the following year so because of that um sales actually suffered from most of their games not getting oh. the press and publicity that it should have gotten so that's, that's why funny. two sold less than one because they yeah. fucked up yeah, and that's true because so like, like on, on my instagram story every so often i'll post something about it like you know if, if i think one of the villains is cool or something and people are like what is this like on a mass scale yeah um so it, it's a real shame because like like i said i don't we don't know if we'll ever get a three i i hope we do um because i think it's well well enough deserved but i also hope that like um you know the ghost wire doesn't be like that game that it's just like okay well because of the sales of evil within we're not going to touch it anymore we're just going to start doing ghostwire and it's like well that kind of sucks because mm -hmm. why not do both right but uh anyway uh, as far as like what they should do like story-wise like definitely tie up plot points from both games really um i would like for them to address the things that were clearly never addressed that could have been addressed in dlc or uh like the smaller stuff that could have been addressed in notes uh for both games really i would like to see that stuff addressed in the third game both through notes and also through like actual playable segments or uh cutscenes that we can see as we play the game um i okay so like there there's um they don't have an art book released for Evil Within 2, but if you have the Collector's Edition Strategy Guide, they leave a few concept arts uh, for that game there. And uh, one really cool thing about, uh, like, 2, at least, was that they were going to make Sebastian... I don't know if he was going to be significantly older, uh, but he was definitely going to have, like, a lot more facial hair and just a lot more, like, head hair, too. Um that could be taken out of context, uh, no pun intended, hmm. but um, <laughs> but he was going to look like he was like straight up homeless, you know, uh, and it was really cool because like he he had like a bat as a melee weapon. And I don't know if that was going to be like a non destructible like melee weapon that you could just always have uh, on top of a dog companion, uh, which I think would have been really cool to see because we don't see that often either. Um you know, the only game that I could think of that comes off the top of my head with that is uh, Haunting Ground, because you get Huey to like, kind of protect you, but... Um, or Call of Duty. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, so or like, Monster Hunter. Yeah, yeah, Monster Hunter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but, yeah, so, like, I think, like, maybe going through that approach where, like, um, I don't know if you should necessarily have Sebastian become that character now because like it doesn't make sense in the context of three because like he kind of got his life back together after his daughter was rescued it seemed like he he decided to like sober up finally and and like clean up basically after he got his daughter back uh at least by the end of two so uh and it looked like it looked like at least that some time had passed before uh you know we see like sebastian with his daughter again and uh, also the uh, the stem facility because there's like a lot of like dust in there so um so again i don't necessarily think that sebastian should be that character maybe 
if they really wanted to do something interesting and say like, okay, well, we've already kind of finished up Sebastian's story. Um, let's talk about the other two characters, you know, Joseph and Kidman. What if Joseph was playable this time and had to go through kind of that like scenario and set up, you know? That'd be cool. That would have been good, yeah. So I don't like that. Uh, and then you know again aside from that because I, I need to constantly stress this but like that uh, like the characters that we're unsure of as to whether or not they're dead it would be nice to see like um, you know for them to come back and have their story explained as well yeah oh, for sure so what number are we on right. now number nine number nine, number nine. Number uh, nine. I, can, I can read off number nine all right. Um, is there anything that you would like to see enhanced or added into the Evil Within 3 in terms of gameplay only? Um, you know, actually, because if I remember right, Evil Within 2, they did add in a like, gunpowder mechanic. So like, I can't say, oh, they should add in gunpowder. No, they should keep that. Um, but like, I think there needs to be more like I know like crafting has kind of become a, a typical trend in, in these kinds of games but I would like to see more like crafting of like uh, self-defense traps that you can use if you, you have to like hold down in an area because um, one of the things that really annoyed me with the first game was that like you had fucking Pete Hines from Bethesda coming up and being like oh yeah and this is in regards to the first game like uh, the like you have to like craft everything with barbed wire and you have to like assemble like traps that you can use against the enemies and stuff like that or you can disable the ones that the enemies made and and use that for parts for your weapons and and your own like defensive like traps and stuff like that and i always thought that shit was kind of weird because it's like it's not in the game clearly like yeah you can disable traps uh and and get gear for like upgrades and whatnot but you don't Dom? Dom's dead. Uh, Dom, what happened? He's dead. Uh, Dom? No, Sebastian Dom. got some. Oh no. Damn. He finally got stealth killed. All right. No, no. no. <laughs> he ran into no. one of the mines he was talking about setting. <laughs> no, no, he, he tried to he tried to disarm a trap and he failed to determine. He got his soul sucked out by Anima. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's it. yeah. Well, I guess I'll go until he gets back. Um what they can add or enhance for Saras, like I mentioned before, the FOV and the um, movement, the feel of the game. That also, they could potentially add in a dodge button, kind of like how Revelations 2 and Re 3 Remake done it for Resident Evil. But I feel like Sebastian's like current movement speed is too stilted, so he's not fast enough to dodge stuff, even if he had the automatic passive one. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I yeah, will, I will speak more, but my goddamn fire alarm is going off. Uh, I would say, did you talk about the dodging yet by any chance, Brandon? Oh, yeah, I just said um, it would be neat if they have a dodge um, button, dedicated dodge button, not that automatic thing they have. Did you say that? I didn't hear you. Yeah, because you died. <laughs> yeah. Did I cut off? Oh, you didn't hear a thing that I fucking said, did yeah, you? Yeah, you got me. We heard you saying disarm a bomb and something like that, and then you disappeared. Oh, what the fuck? Oh my god, I'm so sorry about that. I, I didn't know. Like, that's the second time I've been disconnected. Um, I was saying that, like, you know, Pete Hines is saying, like, you could disarm, like, bombs and, like, other traps, right? Um, and you could 
craft your own traps out of the parts from that in the first game. That doesn't happen. You know, he lied about that. Oh, yeah. And I would like to see that be actually implemented into the third game, you know? So. Yeah, all, all I want is my dodge button. That's about it, because I feel like this game mm -hmm. sort of needs it. And I, I, I also feel like for a survival horror game, dodge worked perfectly in Resident Evil 3 Remake. I, I don't see why it can't work in a game like this. It gives you more mobility. Also, because uh, I don't, because you guys were saying that I was cutting off. Uh, as far as weapon upgrades were concerned, uh, I was saying, like, I don't mind them using, like, gun parts for upgrades. Like, as far as, like, you know, the ones that are scattered around. Uh, but I would also like to see, like, maybe, like, dedicated detachments, kind of like RE, where you can get, like, specific things that would upgrade the gun itself as well, in that regard. Oh, so, like, the ones where you get the uh, extended clip or the enhanced damage or maybe, like, um, yeah, the scopes? Like, uh, yeah, or, like, the, like the laser and uh, red dot sight that you get for, like, some of the guns in, in 2. Yeah, that's more visually interesting than just going into the skill tree and upgrading it through that way. I, I want to see, like, the fruits of my labor, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, so long as, also, I hope they don't do this lockout system again. Because uh, I don't remember if this in the first game or not. But in 2, uh, you need red gel and um, weapon bolts to um, progress through a tree. I didn't like that because it's so restrictive for my um, personal take. No, I think one was just the gel itself. I don't think they were. Any yeah, I wasn't a fan of the gel system in one. I, I think that it was just kind of dumb that you have to upgrade how much ammo you can hold in your gun. That just makes no sense. Yeah, I yeah, think I, uh, it's just it's kind of weird with the whole red gel system. I think they were yeah. rare to get uh, to my memory. Yeah. Yeah, you have to go out of the way to find them. If some, if one doesn't pop up in your way. Yeah, I, I just wish for a traditional, you know, once I upgrade enough, there, there can be a currency system like the green gel, but just map it to that instead of getting an entirely separate currency that's rare to find. You mean like the first mm -hmm. game? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like the first one, because I, I don't think red gel was in the first one. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. No, no, it was not. Okay, no. then, yeah. Just keep it think, like the first one. I think if the anything... Uh, real quick, if anything, red gel should just be like a mega bonus of um gel. Yeah, maybe like after you kill a boss or something, you get red gel, and then it's just like a multiplier of like a lot of green, so you can upgrade your shit. Or maybe some in the lockers. Oh yeah, yeah. that too. That gives you incentive to go back and find the locker keys. Oh shoot, yeah, that pissed me off in the second <laughs> game though, trying to find yeah, all those keys and then you miss one. Yeah, I was so excited when I found one by accident, though. Like, oh my god, a little statue! You know, it gets on my nerves that some of those things are so easy, like in plain sight, and then you realize, oh, it's right here the whole time, I pass it up. I'm stupid. <laughs> I think my favorite one is the one where you have to shoot a mobile rat to get the statue because one of the rats is carrying it. I'm like, how the fuck is this possible? Okay, well, I'm just gonna blow his brains out and get my locker key. <laughs> Don't question I have no idea, man. Don't question Rats or something. They're strong, too. <laughs> anyway, I guess we can move on to question number 10. Yeah. I can read that. So what is the best and worst section of the sequel, in your opinion? Describe why. Mm. I, I really liked the beginning of the game with the city. I, I would say that's the best section. 
Uh, the one I didn't like is probably the caverns where you first encounter Theodore because you have to get the cranks and there's hysterics running around in a very enclosed environment and they can see you. And it but sucks. That part sucks and classic because um, that's literally a run ender. It is. Yeah. It is because uh, that was my last run end on that one. I went for the crank. I ducked past the hysteric. And then all of a sudden when I was cranking the gate, she saw me. She spawned right in front of me and she killed the ever-loving shit out of me. And I'm like, I, I, hate, I, I officially hate this game until I go back to it later tonight. <laughs> and I get to be a glutton for punishment. So there's that. <laughs> uh, my favorite area is actually two. Is the um, like running against it, the city portion, like the very early ones, because uh, because the amount how expansive it is and all that jazz. But my second one is actually the near end of the game where um, you encounter Mara, you know, the snow environments. I think that's a beautiful sight. I, I love that area. Yeah, I like that yeah. one. I think so, my favorite area was uh, my bad for cutting off. Oh, yeah, no, you're good. You're good. Go for it. Okay, um. I really like the beginning of the game. I kind of like how you, um, I kind of usually like in games when they do this, like, I think usually the opening, it's kind of like this really short segment where you have to go through Sebastian's house and you have to find Lily and the house is on fire. And when he finds Lily, it turns out it wasn't really Lily and it was like a hallucination and Lily, like, she, like, burned and gets burned alive. And Sebastian wakes up and turns out even a bar. I really appreciate that. Um, least favorite? Eh, I think what Ren said, yeah. I didn't really like that section that much either with, you know, what was it with Theodore? That part was really annoying. Yeah, the cavern and the firewalk is like literally the worst sections of the game. I'm pretty sure another one is probably uh, the assault on the house with Torres on classic mode oh, yeah, because I, that actually annoys me the most. I, I for some reason I don't know why. The, I know it's a little section, but I can't stand that one. The little house. It's so many enemies. They're pouring through windows, as, doors, asses, everything. <laughs> it's not as fun as Resident Evil's four or little house segment. I tell you that much. Oh, I actually, yeah, I love that one. But like the beginning, I agree with you guys. The beginning of the game is my favorite. I kind of like roaming around and finding little hidden things, like uh, that really disturbing scene with the mom like shoving food in her son's mouth. No, it wasn't food. It was garbage. Oh, uh, whatever it was, it was like cockroaches and garbage. Yeah, kid. and then uh. The other one where you walk into the church and you see that like priest going crazy and stuff. Oh yeah, that, that part yeah. was cool. I like that. Cause you don't have, well you don't have to stumble upon that. That's why it's cool. It's like, oh shit, now I can go in the church it's, and this is happening. It's just yeah. watching a little scene if you want to yeah. get more green gel. Or like little garages and stuff, you know, they wake up and lock you in for a minute. Cool. Yeah. I definitely like the side objectives from that because there's like so much cool little like side stuff that you can do uh, to explore different environments. Um, as far as my favorite environments go, I'm actually going to be a little bit different here. Um, so my like my uh, least favorite is obviously going through that whole fucking like, on fire version of the town, uh, especially when you have to run through and uh, do like that like ring of fire portion and the, the ring starts to get uh, like smaller and smaller as you move up closer to like getting towards theodore i can side with that one 
it's mostly the Ring of Fire one, not necessarily the city itself, because I do like the um, arson portion. But it's that part in particular was, well, it wasn't hard, though. It was just, it was a little bit annoying, because um, I died once, because I wasn't expecting an enemy to knock me into the fire itself. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but as far as, like, my favorite, I actually like the catacombs of, like, the like cathedral kind of area. I thought that stuff was, like, really cool, because, like, you know, it's like, it was, like, more stuff in relation to the cult, and I wanted to see more stuff like that, so it was, like, I was getting so excited when I saw it, because I was, like, oh, are we finally going to learn about the cult and shit, and clearly we didn't, but uh, it was, like, really cool just to kind of, like, go through, like, uh, like, that cult's whole, like, cathedral, like, not cathedral, but, like, uh, catacombs, and, like, kind of delving into, like, how they, like, bury their dead. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I did like so. that, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And or it's I like actually all like uh, and yeah. But. Well, there's that. And then remember, like, toward the end when you run into the effigy? Mm. Um, like, and then the zombies kind of, like, when you kill them, they, they kind of just turn into rock and shatter. Oh, yeah. And they run really fast. I kind of like that, too, because it changes it up. Yeah. The effigy is um, really cool, too. He's like a walking street post. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, and technically, this is like towards the game. This is after Theodore, uh, when you're looking for Myra. Uh, some of the like broken off town segments, uh, very much like Silent Hill, actually, in terms of like the like grayed out aesthetic. Mm -hmm. Um, and the fogginess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like it was, that was really cool too. So maybe that's why I liked it so much. It was just something familiar. Hmm. I think, um, I don't think we, uh, brought this up in the previous, well, actually the previous, uh, oh, yeah, the previous question. Um, the, like, I think it would be really cool, because, keep in mind, they're using, like, a iteration of id Tech 5, I think, um, and they call it the STEM engine, if I remember right, um, like their iteration because it's like modded to do like third person it's not meant to do uh third person normally but i show i would like to see them using like maybe if possible a, a completely different engine altogether um with like because rtx is like the big thing that's coming this like next generation so like for consoles like we're gonna have it as like an option regardless um PC, you know, that's going to be, like, whether you have a card or not uh, to, to do RTX. But I would like to see something where it's, like, the environments are, like, you know, interesting in terms of, like, lighting. Um, like, unique lighting, uh, like, color effects and stuff like that for, for 3 uh, with, like, RTX options. Because I think that would be really cool. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I apologize if you can hear that car in the background. I'll mute. Uh, it's one of the lost attacking Dom's car. All right. Uh, my car. <laughs> I, live, I live in New York City. I'm surprised it's so quiet right now. All right. So I wanted Come to... I wanted to cycle back to a previous question because I don't think I mentioned this. It was the question about um, the improvements of Evil Within 2 over 1. I didn't mention that there's no enemies with guns in this game compared to the first one. That's a fucking godsend, in my oh, opinion. That's right. Wait, that was a thing? 
Yeah, there's no yeah, enemies with any guns in this one. In the first one, they had guns, like turrets, everything. Guns and turrets, ARs. I think they had bolt action rifles and they had uh, crossbows. Jesus Christ, I'm gonna slash that dude's tires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have none. Yeah, the laws had no guns. Spot. I have no fucking idea. I think it's there's this one guy. I know this is off topic, but there's this one guy that like lives around here that has a car that every time he fucking starts that thing, it like it, the alarm goes off on it. You know, I don't know why. So. Don, like I said, he's the loss. You gotta take an axe to his kneecaps. Come on. <laughs> gotta kneecap him. It's the only way. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm so glad there's no enemies with guns because I I felt like it made the first game really annoying. Also, there's none of those vats with the acid. I I hated that in the hotel. Oh, that's right. You oh. yeah, you hate all the same things I hate. I hated that stuff enough to not finish it. <laughs> Oh my god, so, it's also the phantoms as well that looks like uh, like mini Ruvix, so to speak. Oh, yeah, okay. oh the, god, though. The ones that spawn in the Laura hands, yeah. Um, oh. so, so, I have a bit of a hot take, actually. I yeah. actually really like all that stuff. No, don't. You don't. That's a really hot take. Oh, you guys, what do you I like those roof. I think their designs are cool, but I don't like fighting them. I think they're really fucking irritating to fight. Dude, well, playing that like in, actually in, um, looks like Silent Hill Four. You know, like the the ghosts that don't die and they sound like a vacuum cleaner. It's like <laughs> it's too irritating. So, so, so those enemies in particular, like. Um, they're actually really easy to kill because just like the regular um, haunted, if you shoot them with the fully upgraded harpoon bolt, which uh, turns into the fire bolt, uh, not to be confused by the DLC fire bolt, which is an AOE uh, fire bolt that is only really useful for like early game. Um, they will go down in like one hit. So, um, so once you know that, it's like they're actually really piss easy. I, I think I don't like them because I already know that in the beginning of the harder difficulties, when you are about to open the wooden gate, one of them is right there. And I'm like, look, you're supposed yeah. to be in the middle of the Ugh. fucking game. Why are you here? Yeah, you're not supposed to be here. Yeah. Um, the acid thing, though, like, I just thought that was a really cool aesthetic. Uh, we don't really see that, that a whole lot. And yeah. uh Granted, the first game, and, and I know, like, a lot of people had an issue with, like, the traps in the first game. I, I really didn't think it was that much of a problem. I think, really, the bigger problem, and this is something I also, bit of an, another hot take that I didn't mind, uh, the 16 by 9 aspect ratio, the, the letterboxing, I didn't mind that. But, like, I know a lot of people really didn't like that because they couldn't see the traps. Um, so, you know, that I can understand more so than, you know, uh, the amount of traps that they had in in the first game because the first game really required you to be like like visually keen i guess and it yeah. actually turned that shit off for um first game letterboxing because I, I want to see the ground oh <laughs> but you you played it uh you played it post patch didn't you yeah yeah see i played it day one i i pre-ordered uh, that yeah shit, me too so, actually like... i remember that even yeah. within one is just basically if, if you if you were playing like with letterbox that game is just staying crouched the experience because i got so conscious of traps and exploding shit that i i couldn't run around that much anymore so i just stayed crouched 
That's why I was like, this is like Skyrim with like the little eye and stuff. Just remind me of Skyrim. We're sneaking around. Try playing that first game with a Kumu mode and no upgrades and tell me what happens when you get to like, I think it was chapter seven when they have you do the fucking defend Joseph segment. Ugh. That shit's fucked. I think I think what happens is I delete the game. I think that's the <laughs> I just delete it and take it back to GameStop. I'm good. Yeah. Uninstall. But uh I, I know we were diverging. We were on question ten. Did anybody have any uh any opinions to share before we move on to uh number eleven? Uh, uh no, I'll read number eleven since the last one. Alright. Alright. So, um, this is our last question, right? Let's make sure. Yep. All right. What's your personal score or rating for the Evil Within 2? Okay. Well, for me, it's bouncing between a 7 and a 9. Why that low for 7 is the technical issues and unexplored areas. But as a 9, because how much it greatly improved as a sequel and it has a great potential for the next game. Mm. I would say an 8. Out of 10 jars of goo. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I will say an eight. An eight so, works for me. Eight out of ten for me. It it's a really good game. It has a few technical issues and a few story issues, and there are some things I do not like. But overall, a good game. Really good game. So um, I I don't personally do recommendations of like based on like letter scores or like number scores. So I I when I recommend a game, I recommend it based on price. I paid sixty dollars for this game. Uh, do I think it's worth sixty dollars? Um, I I think like now you could probably get it for less than that at this point. Yeah, it's uh, cheap now. So if you pay yeah, sixty dollars, so though, you're pretty much I, robbing yourself. I think now it's like think, ten, twenty within that range. Yeah, yeah it's probably like used. Yeah, so like, uh, I mean, if you ended up somehow finding a like brand new sealed copy that was going for MSRP. I wouldn't personally recommend it unless if you really are a stickler about getting like shit sealed. Thirty dollars at at most though, if you can get it brand new sealed though, I think that's like more than reasonable. Uh, only because, like Brandon said, there are some technical issues with the game, uh, but otherwise it is a good game. Also, um, partially because Bethesda did advertise this game as like, oh well, you can play it without having played the first game, and I think that's partially true and partially untrue i I think that if you play the first game it would be more ideal because you have like all the knowledge of like the story at least like and the characters for for you like for the second game like ready and you'll kind of have a better understanding of what's going on um but also no because uh you know it's it's a more personal story so like it's definitely so i'm sorry uh, I did watch all the cutscenes for on YouTube because I didn't finish the first game, and so that did make it better. Really? Yeah. yeah um, for two's case though, is definitely more standalone ish though, but you do have your bits and pieces of references from the first game. So I will say yes, you definitely should at least play or heck or watch a cutscene montage on YouTube to better appreciate and understand the second game. Yep, because you, I, I think you will not know why Sebastian. Uh, wakes up in the bar at the beginning uh, after his little encounter at Beacon Mental and you also won't know any context to Joseph or Kidman at all if you don't play the first game so er- everything else is pretty much standalone-ish but you need to play the first game to understand what I just touched up on yeah 
Well, if mm -hmm. I did see him in a bar at the end, I would be sad because I would realize it wasn't Sykes getting him the drinks that he promised him. Oh, he's stuck in limbo, so... <laughs> <laughs> made me really sad. He's like, drinks on me. <laughs> there, it reminds me of another chopper pilot who uh, promised drinks and he got blown up, so... Uh, Mike. Yes. Rest in peace, Mike. Rest in peace. Hey, look, if you're in a helicopter in Resident Evil, stay away. Just stay away. <laughs> unless unless <laughs> you're coming be right to pick back. up the character. <laughs> unless if you're saying you're, you're here to pick up the character at the very end after all that shit is done. Like that's that's the only way. Well, in that regard, though, you'll be an important character anyway. Well, if you're a scaredy mm -hmm. cat, make sure you're driving the helicopter. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I think mm -hmm. that's it for this podcast. I think we could do outros. So, Mister Brandon, yes, outro us, sir. Uh, okay, well, I'm starting my outro first because I am important. <laughs> okay, so you find me on, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Immortal Brandel. Everywhere else is none. You got in business. Uh, Renegade, you go next. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at rentoperative underscore. You can find me on YouTube, Renegade Operative. And you can find this channel at the Infinite Ammo Syndicate, where this podcast will be uploaded. Hopefully it's up by tomorrow, but I'll let you guys know in advance. All right. BioDevil Lom, go next. Um, you can find my sleepy ass on Twitter, <laughs> YouTube, on very rare occasions, Twitch. Um, as biodevil underscore dom, uh, I I can finally say that I've uploaded the Onimusha review, so you can go watch that now. Uh, what I'm gonna work on next, I have no idea because uh, I'm kind of trying to deal with some personal life stuff at the moment, so uh, that's a thing. But as soon as I get that sorted out, I may possibly be able to do videos more consistently. So that's just gotta be put on hold for a moment. Alright, Darty Dom, go next. Alright, you can find me mostly on Twitter at the Dirty Dan Triple Underscore. Alright, uh, Andre. You can find me at Twitter at Andre B. Venom. And yeah, it was a pretty fun podcast, all things yep. considered. Alright, and last but not least, Miss Pity Eyes. Sorry, I forgot your, um, your real name, so my apologies. Oh, uh, so my name is Christina Loza, and Christina. I am on Twitch on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time. And I have to accentuate that on Thursday nights, I do this thing. This is how I get most of my followers. I stream 90s point-and-click games, the really twisted adult ones <laughs> on oh, Thursday nights. Cool. So that's, yeah, classic game night. And then also on my art Instagram is Cult of the Bones, because... My private one, you can follow me on there, but I do. I'm I am a nanny, and sometimes I wear lewd outfits, so I really don't need parents following me. <laughs> <laughs> but if you find my private one, I will approve you. <laughs> okay, okay. And that, lady and gentlemen, that was our Evil Then Two discussion podcast. I hope you enjoy our shenanigans and have a good night. Bye. Also, look under your bed at night. Bye. Oh yeah, See definitely. Ya. Make bye. sure your room is on fire, but bye. <laughs>